Alper Smith is going to bring a message. We love you, Shell, and Thank look forward so to your message. Thank you. Hi, everybody. So good to be here. Great to see you, Corinne. <laughs> I, um, you're going to be really glad you came today because I get to continue on the series of Life of Jesus, and we're going to do Water to the Wine, Water into Wine. So I think we have a... Hi, Josh. Thanks for that worship. I think we have a picture here because at GPC... John always says, we don't just talk about the deeds of Jesus, we do them. So I've imported some six clay jars, and we're going to turn water into wine. Right. <laughs> and it is so awesome to see you guys. Thank you. And I also want to make a huge shout out to our Facebook group. Because every morning, or every Sunday, I go online with our Facebook peeps. And, and so today, we're going to have comments from them come in, and I'm going to read them. But before we start, very special, is that the camera? Very special birthday wishes to Anne Quinn. And uh, she's going to be back with us in April or September. April? <laughs> August <laughs> or September? I don't even know my own name right now. I really don't. I just thank you all for your prayers. <laughs> thank you so much for your prayers. Um, so Mark, before Mark Myers comes up to read the passage of which we're going to talk about today, um, I want to set the scene because, like we said, oh, it's just so dang good to see all of you guys. I guess I better just sort of get on with things. Um, so, you know, we, we always talk about the birth of Jesus at Christmas, and then we talk about the resurrection. But his life, his whole life. So we're going to talk about what's captured us so far in this series. And so, you know, Mark opened with the genealogies, and then we had the baptism. But Josh, I don't know where he went, last week, the Holy Spirit leading us out of our comfort zones and and into our breakthroughs. And so I want you guys to call out what's captured you about this life of Jesus so far. And it's going to be out of your comfort zone to remember what happened last Sunday. So I put it up on the screen. Sometimes being led by the Spirit takes us beyond our comfort zones. But he has something for us that we can come out of the desert in his power. So now I'm going to call on his power to get you guys to participate. Okay? What's captured you so far in the life of Jesus? And I'm going to go online and I'm going to get their comments. I planted a few in here. They better, they better be awake. Hi. <laughs> and, and welcome to those from Canada. Welcome to those from northern states. And we have people from Africa watching. So call out. What's been capturing your heart so far? Jesus faced the same temptations that we faced. Awesome. Yeah, there's nothing. It's just so beautiful. Because we always think, and then the next day this happened, and the next day. But we forget he took three days to walk to the next event. So he was like hanging out with his disciples. And it's not just like, not just oh, capture you. What else? What else been capturing you about the life of Jesus? Josh, that was such a good sermon. Thank you so much. How many of you, like, when, when we listen for God 
to speak into the lies that we believe about ourselves. How many of you had that come back again this week? Yeah. And just, I did too. I just, it was like, it was just these reminders. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So awesome. Okay, we've got one participant so far. And he's already slotted to read the scripture. Cough it up, guys. Desert season has a purpose. That's awesome. Awesome. The word of God is your weapon and strength in that desert. That's perfect. Yeah, let's hold on to that. And refresh ourselves with his word. Like hide the word of God in our hearts, right? Fantastic. Okay, we've, we've had this side, this side. Mark doesn't count. Um, over here, what has captured you so far with the life of Jesus? Fantastic. Okay, I'm done. That was my message. Trust. You got it, Phil. Thanks. Now we all get to go to your house for enchiladas? Yeah, we did it. Nailed it. So um, my Facebook people said, God uses people like me. Remember that from the genealogies? We wonder why all those names. But then when we go and look at the lives, we see God chooses us, you guys. So, Mark Myers, would you like to come and read? Thank you. Everybody, come on. This is John 2. On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. (laughs) Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now, draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then, they, then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Oh, thank you. Thank you, John. I, John? Mark? Thank you. Thank you so much. Wow. Is that not the Jesus? How unexpected. So, imagine this scene. Okay? He he traveled to Cana in Galilee. Think about, how many of you guys have been watching The Chosen? 
So you know, you know kind of what the scene looks like. All I can think of is how dusty it must have been. <laughs> like, really. I don't know why I think of that, but it's just loud, animals everywhere, and dust and everywhere. And he chose a wedding for his first miracle. Um, and it wasn't, a, a wedding wasn't just any party. Has anybody been to a Jewish wedding? Yes? Fantastic. Jeff, was it as wild as, as we think? Yes. Okay, Jeff Brown, witness. Okay? But you guys, this wedding held so much for us. Okay, I, what time is it? I'm just going to take a second here because Mark isn't here. And I'm not sure if you've noticed, but every time he shares about me in a sermon, I sound like a raving lunatic, okay? <laughs> and the stories morph as the years go on. This is our 28th year together. This is my time to get even, okay? <laughs> so anyway, 1995, we were married, and it was just, we had so many celebrations. We got married early, so we got married over in, in where Mark's mom lived, and then we got married where my other parents, it was just a wonderful, we had party after party, but one was at a Greek restaurant. You know those kind where they smash plates, and they yell, and they dance, and they scream? I have a picture. Our waiters loved us. Oh, they look a little wider, but anyway. The waiters just loved Mark, and they, they thought it'd be really fun to bring the bride and groom uh, 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 ouzo. You know what ouzo is? And they lit it on fire. It's a liqueur, so it goes up really big. For some unknown reason, Mark thought it would be fun to drink it while it was on flames. <laughs> Have you ever smelled burnt mustache? Yes. Okay. Quite the scene. Okay. Anyway, back to the wedding. You know, there's, there's so many theologians that have written about Jewish weddings, and they say they could go on for days and days. And they say that there was smashing of vases and everything. And it even says, Alfred Edersheim, the theologian, says, it wasn't uncommon for rabbis to let their hair down. Now, I don't know about you, but just the thought of a rabbi letting his hair down? Okay, that sets the scene of a wedding. So this, this was the wedding. But why was he choosing a wedding? A wild wedding. You see, every miracle in the Bible isn't just for the supernatural sake. It is to point to something bigger. Okay, so the Bible is one cohesive story. And all these signs and wonders come. And do you know what they come to do? They come to point us to Jesus. So these miracles are going to tell us more about Jesus than we know beyond. So, so it's really important to remember. Remember when Jesus was walking on the road to Emmaus? He, he told the disciples... Everything in scriptures from Moses to uh, throughout the scriptures that we're all talking about him. So the Bible's one 
you know, read that thing. Okay. The second thing is all these signs and wonders. There, they were prophecies also. And they were, hey, the prompt is right there. I can read that. Come on, join with me. Lighten up, everybody. Okay. So these prophecies... Like, we just think these were random. Like, a lot of people read the Bible like it's all these random stories and telling you how to be good, right? Have you ever heard that? These all come together. Do you know that there's over 300 prophecies in the Bible? The chances of one person meeting all those prophecies are unimaginable. Mathematicians have done even one in 48 of the prophecies which is one to 157 zeros. They say you can't even wrap your head around. That this word of God is unbelievable. And these one, this is one sign that pointed. And then the other thing we need to remember, every time we read about Jesus, it is pointing to the nature of God. Because Jesus is the exact representation. Hebrews 1 verse 3 the exact representation of God. So everything we learn about Jesus, and remember, he's turning water into wine for people that were already drunk. That tells us about the nature of God. Like, how good can this get? Okay, so there's a million things. Well, not a million. I'll let Mark exaggerate, and I'll just stay composed. So there's a lot of things, but I'm just going to talk about three this morning. And then we're going to do something a little different. And then we're going to have our ministry time where he's going to come with his wine. Um, what is he telling us? So the first thing that struck me was even the way he invited his disciples to the wedding. It said he went and found Philip and said, come, come and see. He went and found him. And, and that's how he met the disciples in the first place. There were two disciples from the Baptist, John the Baptist, and they said, they started to follow Jesus, and he said, where, where do you live, Jesus? Where do you abide? And, and Jesus said, come and see. We have a God that is inviting us to come and see. Remember Joe Rhodes' sermon two weeks ago? He was saying, we want to experience God. He wants the eyes of our heart enlightened, not just a cerebral understanding, which is hugely important, but he wants us to experience him. This is the God who invites us to taste and see. And then the second thing that really struck me was, um, at those times, weddings were so important that the groom's family could be sued if something had gone wrong. If there wasn't enough wine, if there wasn't something that was suitable. Do you imagine being sued? Actually, I can imagine being sued. Can you? <laughs> Who else here? Okay, so anyway, back to that. Um, anyway, strike that off the record. Okay, so anyway, he, Jesus said, you know, my hour hasn't come, but he did the miracle and saved that family from tremendous embarrassment, trouble, Jesus showed compassion. And even in the way he did it, he, he was humble, right? He didn't do this big fanfare. Da, 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 da. 
I mean, how many of you might have been a little tempted to? <laughs> or, or, or for those of who <laughs> remember. Okay, so, um, gee, I should get off track. Uh, anyway, so Jesus showed the beautiful compassion and the beautiful, beautiful humility. But the last one I want to point out really, really hit me personally. And it's about the clay pots. The clay pots were set aside for Jewish purification. So it's not just to clean your hands because they got dirty on the way there. It was all about purification. The, the, the law had been given through Moses. And the religious leaders of those times had added 613 more laws like they were so consumed with, a, with what we did and everything about us that, that was making us impure. And these purification waters were just one of the 613 ways that they could get back in right standing with God. Because to understand this, think about, this is what the people of the time, the Bible always writes to the people at that time. And at that time, they were reliant on external things to be right before God. That was the clay pots. That's what the clay pots symbolize. You guys, the Pharisees did go overboard, 613, and Jesus was always at odds with them, saying, you're putting heavy burdens on people. But, hi, my name is Shel Calver-Smith, and I am an overboarder. I do the same thing, you guys. In my zeal, I want so bad to please God. I just try to add a few things. Let me tell you, when I got saved, I was a young adult, and I gave 110%, just 110%. I quit my job, and I went from nursing home to nursing home to tell them about Jesus because I felt they were on a time limit. I'm not just any blonde. <laughs> so, so I went, I did that. And, and I, I, I joined the navigators and I, jo- I memorized over 100 verses the first few months. I gave to missions. I went on missions. I taught Sunday school, taught Sunday school, taught Sunday school, check marks. So, and I, then I went to Bible college. I just, I knew that I was saved by grace. I knew that it was nothing I did that it was his love. But I thought the rest of the book was my responsibility. You know, I thought, now that I'm in, I'd better just try really, really hard. And you know what? Most everywhere I went, Bible college included, they were telling me to try hard too. Right? How many of you guys have been told to just try a little harder? All the time. And then we tell ourselves that, right? So I didn't understand. I was so focused on me, and that's what these clay pots represent. My way, what I think will make me pure, are these clay pots. And what does Jesus have for me? Who knows if I'm depending on me and my efforts in these clay pots all the time. I'm not making any room for God. I'm I'm not, because you know, wine, Holy Spirit, see all the symbolism? is a little unpredictable. I like control myself. 
right? Just, just like, so how do we do this? So I know I was in a terrible state of trying and trying and trying when I stumbled into Mark's church. Amazing. I met a group of people. All they did was talk about Jesus. They talked about Jesus from the pulpit to, to the hamburgers afterwards, to going out on the streets and, and helping single moms. All they did was talk about Jesus. And they worshiped for hours and just filled up, God, fill me, God, fill me. And I was looking at them like, okay, well, what about missions? Uh, oh, they cared about missions too. But they did it in such a way that was so different from what I had experienced. They started acting like Jesus because they were so focused on him. It was unbelievable, you guys. And my lens started to change. You see... I had um, kind of skimmed over a bit of the Gospels. I didn't always understand what Jesus was saying. It's a little complicated. Drink my blood? Anybody? Is it just me? I was like, is that a little complicated? And these stories, water into wine. Was like, and, and, and I liked the epistles. I liked the letters of Paul. Because they had a little checklist, right? You can put this on. This is what you should look like. You know, love, joy, peace, patience. Click, 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 click. That really appealed to me. In the first part of Paul's letters, they were long. They were run-on sentences. You're chosen. You're predestined. You're loved. You're, you're sealed. You're, what? What? Sealed? I'm sealed in the Holy Spirit. It just, I liked the last part of the letters because it was practical. Husbands, love your wives. Ah, can we hear it for that one? But I was missing. I was missing the invitational God. I was missing the compassionate God. I was missing the God that was humble. They just wanted me to seek him and look at him and love him. And most of all, Receive his love. See, perfect love casts out fear. He wanted to cast out my fear, and I wanted to work it away. I wanted to be really, really good. And I, I missed it. So, uh, Romans 3 says that the law was given to make us conscious of sin. And in Galatians, it says that the law was like a guardian leading us to faith because we could never be pure by ourselves. You know, we always look at those Israelites a little questionable how many times they had to go around the mountain. We do the same thing. That's the law. It shows us that we can't. And it's the law is what Jesus filled to show us we need a savior, you guys. We need to leave those clay pots empty so he can fill them with the best wine. So Colossians 2 says, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and grounded in love, strengthened in the faith 
as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. So faith in what? Faith in my efforts? Just try a little harder. Agatha, get those last check marks in there. Try a little harder. Or, oh God, I can't. I tried. As Mark would say, I'm a loser. When Mark says that about himself, actually, he doesn't say that about me. You, you know, I, anyway. But his, my efforts are not where my faith should lie. But you guys, time and time again, that's where I go to. Even in the middle of the night last night, I was, um, couldn't sleep, and I was just sitting there in my closet. It's the only place where carpet is. I wasn't going to tell you any of this, but anyway, now you know. There I am in my closet, and I'm saying, can't sleep. My head's killing me. This is where we've got to turn the water into wine right now, Daddy. Because I have nothing to bring these people. I'm just making room for you to come in and bring your wine. But I don't even know if I can get there today. I'm tired. Tired of this constant, constant pain. And I'm tired because I haven't figured out the formula to get out of this chronic pain. My faith isn't strong enough. I'm not one of those people yet. I believe you can heal me, God. I believe you can heal me. But I haven't done it yet. And my clay pot isn't working. And right there in the middle of the closet, he washed me over again with peace. He took me to Romans 5. And he showed me how my righteousness is through faith. And the trials work character in me. And character gives me hope, which is confidence. And that's why, Leah, your text this morning meant so much to me that you prayed that peace and confidence would carry me. Thank you. So we're going to do something a little different as it's his Holy Spirit that produces his character in us. And we need to know who he is and we need to know who we are. See, effort isn't bad. Effort isn't bad. Effort leads us to make room. The only thing we're told to strive for is to strive to enter his rest. That's it. And all my gazillion verses I've memorized, that's what he tells us. And he says, to do the work of Jesus is to believe. I've got to just step out of the way, right? Just step out of the way. So we're going to do something a little different here. And um, I love, again, Leah said, you know, when you ask people to step out of their comfort zone, they might actually get that breakthrough they're waiting for. So we're going to take five minutes, just five, six minutes, and we're going to just find two people, one or two people. We only want groups of three or four. No big groups, no clumps. You can't hide in a clump today, sorry. But we're, we're going to take this a little deeper inside. And we're going to talk with two, three people. And we're going to 
And we're just going to say, you know, this struck me. I've been, I've been trying to work out this part of my life. And I need to leave room for God's wine. So, so can you do that? Can you take, just, just move your chairs again. No big groups. I will come and break them up if you try a big group. And I'm pretty tough. I wore this to hide my muscles. <laughs> just saying. So um, we're going to set a timer here because we're going to come back. And that's when we're leaving him to do his wine. So go in groups. We'll set for um, a good eight minutes. And I'll do my Facebook people. You're not off the hook face, people. I'm doing it here.